The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you could learn more about spirituality and how it can work in your favor, would you be intrigued? Of course you would. It's time to get real. This is Get Real Radio with your host, James Robinson. In our show, we'll interview fascinating guests with the intent of bringing you closer to who you really want to be. Get ready for some of the most profound radio on any airwaves today. Now, here is James Robinson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Get Real Radio. I am your host, James Robinson, and today is a very exciting day because we have a very special person uh, here with us today, uh, a very, very influential and popular Derek O'Neill. And welcome, Derek. Uh, thanks, James. Nice to be here again. Um, for people who may not know Derek, uh, Derek for the last 20 years or so, has been helping transform the lives of thousands of people around the world. He is an internationally acclaimed psychotherapist, motivational speaker. He's written books. He's also a, I think it's eight black belt martial arts sensei, and he is a recognized and awarded humanitarian. He inspires and uplifts people through his workshops, consultations, speaking engagements, media, and humanitarian work. He does many, many things to help a lot of people lead happier lives on the planet. He is the founder and CEO of SQ of an organization called SQ Worldwide and SQ Foundation. And, a, and the SQ Foundation is a 501c3 nonprofit that helps uh, many people who uh, cannot help themselves. And as evidence of his great work in 2012, he was honored as the Humanitarian of the Year and named Vice President for Variety International in 2013. Uh, some of the books he's written is Calm Mama, Happy Baby, More Truth Will Set You Free, and a wonderful series called Get a Grip, that deal with things like abundance, addiction, anger, confidence. You know, Derek, I, I'm going to have to stop because I could keep <laughs> heaping praises on you, and we we won't have a uh, a show. But um, the call in line, if you have questions for Derek today, uh, you can call in at eight six six four seven two five seven eight eight, and I. Th- and please keep your questions related to the topic of today's show, which is understanding and preventing suicide. So with all that background and everything else, Derek, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, James. And uh, yes, well, what a, an interesting subject, as, uh, as heavy as it is to talk about, hopefully we can uh, laugh. Uh, about it as well because you know one of the things I've learned is 
it's when you stop laughing that the first uh, voice comes in that says, you know, life is dull, life is boring, life is not a good place to be. And then you hear that little voice that says, why don't you end it all? So, Tell us, you know, uh, why do people get to that stage in life uh, that they want to end it? I mean, it's... I know that, that this is becoming a more and more frequent uh, event, for, especially for younger people that um, are, I guess are just uh, bored or they're just depressed or they just can't seem to uh, fit into life, and so they choose to end it. Uh, it used to be that was a fairly you know, rare occurrence, but now it seems to be happening more and more. Do you have any feel for why that, why it's becoming more uh, of a phenomenon? Um, I actually, yes, I do. Um, and and interest uh, on the evening news here in Ireland uh, this evening, uh, there was a uh, news bulletin that Ireland is now ranked number four in Europe for suicide amongst young men between the ages of 15 and 25. Now, well, that's all I can say. You know, from somebody who grew up in this country, you know, that's incredible to hear those statistics coming out uh, here. Um, you know, I, I travel the world. I spend a lot of time in, in the United States as well. And one thing I, I love doing is I love talking to people. I love meeting people, and a lot of the information that I now have gathered or gleaned is not so much through a professional organization per se. Yes, I have spoken to experts, and yes, I have spoken to um, people who are employed within the you know, psychology section or, or the counseling section of, of this, but one thing I have absolutely got to say, and this is vitally important, is the only thing that causes somebody to commit suicide is that they've lost all hope. H-O-P-E. And it's interesting because, you know, there is that little uh, thing that goes with hope, which is help one person every day. And, you know, if we were to help one person every day, uh, we would actually be able to see the statistics go down dramatically. Uh, because one of the things I discovered was that it's not, it's so, uh, what you would call normal a thing to happen, because it's normal in society that we actually have our bad days, and that, you know, during those bad days, if there's not somebody there to say, you know, how are you doing, or there's a cup of tea, or whatever, then it can go on to a second day, or a week, and, and once it starts hitting a week, it, 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 it hits this whole new level of consciousness. And then, of course, if it goes further down the line than that, the, the further it goes, the more hope is slipping away out of people's lives. So believe it or not, you know, the greatest cure for suicide, if I could say such an ignorant thing, is, is people need to communicate with each other again. And so... To answer your question about why I think it's happening or becoming more prevalent, 
I believe, and, you know, there is computers are great things, the internet is great, uh, the new technology is brilliant if it's used, but actually what's beginning to happen or what I'm seeing is you actually have young people locking themselves in rooms to play these video games or to be on the internet and you know the, the old thing about oh I have a hundred thousand friends on Twitter or on Facebook but when I died only three people showed up at my funeral right is there you know one of the corollaries to the suicide phenomenon is the um, these young people who decide to go take a, a weapon to school and and harm or kill uh, young people as well. Is that tied into the same thing that's causing all the suicides? Actually, that's a great question, James. Uh, you know, this is something that I have been talking about uh, for years now, actually, and, you know, I don't feel anybody has actually ever heard what I had to say, but it's always a great opportunity to say it again. What I believe is happening is that we have, you know, on, on a little bit of a technical level, we have the neurons okay and these neurons you know they say that neurons that stay together or fire together stay together and what i believe is happening is that um, children and young adults uh, are becoming so detached from the emotional content of real feel or real friendship or real touch that again because they're playing these games to the levels that they're playing them that you know the neurons are in are this message that the world is not real anymore, that it's okay to, you know, lock your, your sub-atomic machine gun or whatever it is and, and just go out and shoot people and it's all just a game. And I believe that the quicker the better uh, scientists and the people in the know, uh, neuroscientists in particular, uh, get together and start to understand the phenomena that is going on because unless we find a way to reconnect with these children again, to give them hope, to give them real friendship, you know, real touch, real conversation. Um, I think we're only actually beginning to see the thin end of the wedge around all of these type of uh, activities. So it's, you know, we have to change uh, the way we deal with our uh, all of these youth, I suppose, and... Is there anything that you've observed um, about there being one cause of this more than any other, or is it just the fact that they've, they've lost touch with humanity? Yeah, again, a really good question. I, I, I think what's happened is that, you know, because of the collapse of the system, you see, you know, whether you're young or, or not so young now, you know, we can see the system that used to be in place just doesn't work anymore. It is falling apart. It's, it's actually breaking down every day. And whilst it's breaking down, the unfortunate part is that there's not enough of a push to replace that system with the values, like, you know, the five human values of love, truth, peace, non-violence and right conduct, say, for instance, right? Like, so what, you're, what, what we're witnessing now is, you know, we're seeing that the authorities are losing authority and the church is, is collapsing in, in, a, in a lot of traditions. 
uh, because of what went on in those uh, behind those closed doors, etc. So the youth of today are actually uh, looking for guidance, and they have nowhere to look. They actually, you know, everywhere they look now is being exposed as being corrupt in some areas. So the only thing that's going to really begin to change this is, you know, uh, the the old guy like myself or, or, or yourself, James, if I may say so, or, you know, ordinary people like ourselves who have had, we are lucky enough to be touched by spirituality in some way, that we can share what we've learned, that we can share these values uh, w- with the young people and to share them in a way that is out entrapping them. In other words, you know, it's not about joining another ism. It's it's about actually giving them real tools that really work, and we know that they really work because they've been working for five thousand years. And so, I believe once we do that, uh, we we would then begin to see uh, these numbers. Uh, drop dramatically but it's going to come from communities it's going to come from people sharing their stories and I don't think it's going to come from big organizations anymore well I, I want to repeat something you said because it's uh, I think it's hugely important that people remember this that you could you've explained that hope stands for help one person every day and I, I think that that's something that our listeners can take with and do something with and uh, help our children uh, get out of that locked room and start interacting with other human beings. Is there any anything that you could recommend that people could share spiritually with kids or anyone else that may be at risk for suicide in a realistic way? Yeah, well... The first thing is is to remember that you know what the difference between spirituality we say and, and, and a religious is that one is an offering and the other is more pushed on you. So it's not about pushing your values or your core beliefs or whatever on another person. It's about the, the truth is that if you want to help a young person, it's better to help them by showing the way yourself, be the leader yourself. In other words, live the life that is is a good quality, spiritually minded, you know, love all, serve all type of life. And believe me, people will see that about you and you'll be amazed how many times people will approach you because they'll get that energy off you, they'll get that sense of, knowing yourself that sense of peace if you like you know and so the the best way to talk to children is not to talk but to show them in action uh, who you are as a parent and what values you trust have brought you to being the good person that you are well i know that there's been a lot of talk and uh, or at least the books that i see on the bookshelves about parenting and and all of that that uh you know one of the problems our children have is that they they see their parents say one thing and do another but you know one thing that occurs to me is that you know how do we get this message out to uh parents and people who who deal with these children 
Yeah, well, you know, um, the, the, the interesting thing is, and, and this is what I call a, a double reward system, and I would recommend to your listeners that they actually try this. You know, instead of believing me or anything I say, I always say, go out and try it for yourself. Um, one of the great things that you can do today, as soon as, you know, as soon program is over. One of the brilliant things you can do is walk out on the street, walk to, into your local shopping mall or whatever, and smile, you know, a real genuine nice smile at just 10 people. That's all, just 10 people for the whole day, but smile at them and, and see if they acknowledge that smile in any way by returning the smile or do they just ignore you or whatever. But what will happen is by you smiling, you're creating this genuine energy of, you know, I acknowledge you're here. I see you as a person. And, you know, the truth of the matter is, I think you might have read it. I know I've read it several times. People are seeing them being interviewed on television or radio, heard them or whatever. And they said that they were actually walking along streets contemplating uh, killing themselves or contemplating going eat up their wife or whatever it is or was and somebody just smiled at them and for some reason that smile broke the spell so you know that's what I mean by the real action that's what I mean by you know uh, a smile can be worth more than a half an hour conversation over coffee that's brilliant you know and it's so simple to do that uh, maybe we should uh, have a little name tag on our uh, chest to say, remember to smile. Um, well, well that, that's it, yeah. Uh, I, I remember going to a workshop one time and, and the, uh, the teacher said, who's happy? And then everybody raised their hand, of course, and, she's, and then she said, well, re remind your face because you're not smiling. <laughs> <laughs> so... Look... Okay, well, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, Derek is going to talk more about recognizes, recognizing the signs of people who may be contemplating suicide and uh, all the things that may have been misinterpreted or misunderstood in the past. So we will be right back. This is Get Real Radio. I'm your host, James Robinson, and we have the phenomenal Derek O'Neill with us as our guest. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Boomers Rock Radio with Tom Mack is ready to entertain, enlighten, and educate. Our show is all about quality of life. 
fitness, mental health, nutrition, self-improvement, finance, and more. As you grow older, you may actually have more questions. Tom is here to help. He'll invite experts from many facets of health, business, and life to bring the answers to you. Make Boomers Rock Radio your weekly stop on the Voice America Variety Channel every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific. Join us and improve your life. Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life the internet's number one talk station number one talk station voiceamerica.com you are listening to get real radio with james robinson we'd love to hear from you please call in to 1-866-472-5788 That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. That's mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, welcome back, everybody, to Get Real Radio. And I'm your host, James Robinson, and we have the uh, spiritual teacher, innovator, and uh, speaker, Derek O'Neill, and we're talking about a very serious subject, which is suicide. But w- while we were talking over the break, uh, Derek said something that I think is really, really important for everybody, not just people who may be going through mental or emotional uh, distress. But uh, Derek, could you talk about uh, your experience with smiling? Yeah, basically, um what I was saying to James there was that uh, over the last couple of weeks I was feeling a little bit tired uh, because of my work levels and, and meditations and that and so uh, I, I re-engaged this old exercise of smiling at 10 or 15 people every day and by doing so the energy that I gained from it kept me going. So actually, that's the gift of this. Whilst you're giving a smile, you're receiving a smile. Whilst you're giving a healing, you're receiving a healing. So the exchange is is definitely brilliant, and you just don't know what change you're absolutely creating with that smile. That's great. I will be sure to put that into practice. Back to the topic, which is suicide. Um, if you suspect somebody may be having suicidal thoughts, what's the best way to approach that person and maybe draw them out as far as what they're thinking or feeling? Okay, well, it's, it's a, again, a good question, but it, it sort of comes down to, if, if I may go back a little bit, because the thing about it is, he says there's no symptoms or, or it doesn't always show up. And I'd like to talk about that for a moment, if I may, could I, so that it, it, it links into that question. Is that okay? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Go, 
Great. So, okay. So, uh, w- what I did is over the past um, ten or fifteen years or so, I I sat with hundreds of homeless people all over the world. And when I say sat with them, I mean sat. I meant if they were sitting on the ground, I sat on the ground. If they were lying on the ground, I I lay on the ground in order to go into a rapport with them, in order to meet them at their level, if you will. Um, just ask them questions, and these were questions that were going to throw up some hugely interesting information. Again, this is information that if your listeners can get this information into the ears of the movers and shakers, we actually may be on to something. So one thing I discovered, say, for instance, is that um, people who were on heroin, you know, who started off as their drug of choice was heroin, uh, you know, from talking to hundreds of these people, uh, a lot of them had not dealt with childhood grief. In other words, you know, an event had happened in their childhood, whether it was, you know, their dog didn't return home because mum and dad had shot it or, you know, uh, drowned it or whatever, or got, got off to the shelter or the goldfish or in, in more severe cases, a mum died or a dad died or a sibling died. And they were told things like at the grave, you know, at the grave side, like, don't cry, your mother wouldn't like you to, to be upset. And they locked that in. And that actually turned out to be a root cause towards them be spiraling into depression, spiraling into these thoughts of suicide. And then they hit heroin. And I often wondered, is it a coincidence that the word, you know, heroin has hero in it? Are they looking for a hero? Are they looking for somebody to come and, and, and talk to them and rescue them? Are they looking for that long-lost love that they, they didn't get? And so uh, I started to be fascinated to, to realize, oh, my God, what's the chances that that particular chemical substance, heroin, could trigger the part of the mind causes uh, somebody to become very depressed. And so as I was following this line, as I say, from talking to hundreds of these people, uh, I started to realize by listening very, very careful. And then this startling fact hit me. And here was the fact. Uh, How many times will your listeners have heard this type of statement? You know, who? Who's dead? He what? He killed him? couldn't have. I was only talking to him yesterday and he never looked as good or he never looked as happy or whatever it is. And actually, the, the, what I discovered, and again, I would love somebody to do, start doing more research into this, is I discovered that the most deadly time for suicide is actually when somebody is coming out of depression, believe it or not. So it's not when they're in the depression it's when they're coming out and as I was listening to the stories I was beginning to hear the same tune being played if you like and the tune was that you know they, they, they were coming out uh, of, of a bad time they were going to counselling they were going to psychotherapy they were going to church they, and, and they were beginning to come out of it and as they were coming out you know everything was looking great everybody was saying oh it's great look it, it isn't looking much happier, much more content or whatever. And then another event happens that just trips them. And what happens is they fear that trip. 
they, they actually fear that they're going to go back into that hell that they were in. And that fear becomes so overwhelming that it must trigger something in the mind that they lose hope. And at that moment of losing hope, I believe what would is depending on the experiences they had in life, like the amount of love that was shown to them, the amount of respect that was shown to them, they're the people who will have something small or something big to grasp onto and not carry out what it is their mind is telling them to do. But the people who have lost all hope, what I believe happens or is beginning to happen with them is they hit this point of acceptance. It's that's what we're seeing on their face. We're actually seeing this acceptance. They've already nearly decided that they're going to do it. And that acceptance is what we see as they never look as good or they've never seen seemed as happy. Now, I'm not saying this is for everybody. I'm saying this is something, a pattern that I've seen. And so uh, the signs are uh, that I've seen was when they're out of the darkness, that's when we need to really absolutely talk to them more, encourage them more, uh, and, and, and love them. And, you know, but the fact of the matter is, it's because we stopped acknowledging our love for each other, our love, our genuine love for each other, that's why people go into those spaces in the first place. Well, it certainly is a... Um hard thing to read is i think that you know if somebody so you're saying if somebody's been in depression and they're coming out you that we really need to reach out to those people and uh make sure they know that they are you know someone's thinking of them anyway um absolutely what's the uh have you had any experience with people that have had suicidal thoughts uh as a result of medication they're on and how do you deal with people that are so, you know that are struggling with medication? Yeah, well, um, I, I, what I'd like to do, if, if I may, is I'd like to promote a book that is not my book, right? But it is a book I've been reading, and and it is a fascinating book around this subject. The, the name of that book is uh, Addictions Unplugged: How to Be Free. And it's wrote by a man called John Flaherty. And Flaherty can be contacted at www.beawarebealive.com. And, you know, he, he's after, after completely clicking on to all this medication, all these recovery programs, all of this, and how he believes they have all been set up wrong that in fact you know his his mantra if you like going through that book really really interesting mantra and it's very in alignment with everything i do and 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 teach and whatever is you know it's not who you're not uh it's to find out who you are because we all know who we're not but when we find out who we are, we begin to really uh, take these medications as a means of, you know, helpful. Uh, but, you know, you don't want to end up 
being addicted to them and again other research that I did from talking to these people on the street around suicidal tendencies and, and addictions that go with that is that you know these methadone programs they do not work end of story if you don't come off drugs altogether you are not going to finish the game it's simple as that these you know heroin methadone substitutes things like that, when you talk to these people on the street who are feeling suicidal, it's because they can't break the addiction that leads to the suicidal thoughts that then make them go and, and, uh, you know, uh, commit these suicides. And one thing I'd like to say, which is a very, very important thing, I, I believe, for your listeners to hear, and it is this. My belief now, after talking to all these people, is that... Most suicides are accidents. And that's wow. a very important point. Most suicides are accidents. It is people who have got to the stage that they they just, you know, they go, I wonder what it would be like. And actually, you know, they, they, they might set the rope or whatever and they accidentally uh, succeed. And, and, and what a shame and what a pity happens but that's again something that i've discovered just by talking to people most suicides are accidents well that's that certainly calls to mind robin williams tragic uh end and and because he seemed to be doing everything right i mean he was being proactive with uh dealing with his mental uh problems and or his emotional problems and was getting help you know, actually going into treatment to avoid relapsing and and still ended up taking his own life. I mean, it's, it's a very confusing uh, circumstance as to, you know, particularly people who have seem to have everything going for them. They're wealthy. They have people that love them. They're successful. They have, you know fans and and they end up it's not good enough and so what can people do who you know from the outside look like they are uh successful they're they're better than you know they than most the common people and yet they're the ones that are just as depressed or suicidal as anybody else what can we do for them well that's a really well well first first thing is identify, you know, that, you know, success is measured in different ways by different people. And, you know, I have clients who are billionaires who are, you know, they, they get so depressed and worried about losing their money. And I have uh, other clients who have no money and they're uh, depressed because they don't have money. So, you know, it's not about the materialistic things we have. It is genuinely... I absolutely believe this. If you were lucky enough in this world, lucky enough in this world, to have one genuine friend, one genuine friend, then the chances are that no matter what life throws at you, you will be able to cope with it. But the fact of the matter is that a lot of these people are not able to accept love. That's what the real issue is because they didn't actually 
never loved themselves. And, you know, as you know, James, I have talked to some of the Hollywood set people and, and I've had conversations with them. And I can tell you, you know, that there is entrapped in their world of of richness as as some people are in poverty and you know but when it comes down to life becoming if i may use the word shitty when it it hits that stage if you don't have somebody that you can phone to that will have said to you i am always here for you any time of the night any or whatever if you haven't got that then you've lost hope and if you've lost hope you'll probably create the accident that we now call suicide. What happens when uh, someone confides in you that they're thinking about committing suicide? Um, what should, if, if you're really a friend of that person, what should you do? Well, it's a very difficult situation to be put into, number one, but the best thing to do is to stay calm. Okay, and the next thing to do is ask, uh, and why? Just ask, why? It's a very simple question. Why are you contemplating this? Don't say don't do it, because you'll get the reverse psychology uh, element hitting in. Go, why? You know, I know this might sound strange, but nearly empower them to make the decision to do it by going, why would you like to do that? What's going on in your life? Is there something I or anybody else could do for you? And the, the, them, them three questions alone can open up a huge emotional can of worms that are is sitting there. And, and, you know, you might have somebody tell you something as simple as, my girlfriend broke up with me, and, and so that's why, right down to, well, you know, I feel worthless, I feel useless, I feel this, that, and the other. I, I'm not a good parent, I'm not a good whatever. And the fact of the matter is, is these are all just beliefs that are caught in their psyche. And, you know, by talking them out with a friend, which is a great starting level, that takes the pressure off the pressure cooker. So just ask the simple question, you know, and, you know, what's going on and how, how could we help you? And that alone can take the pressure off or the valve. Wow, that's uh, incredible advice. And I, I hope all the listeners will uh, remember that when somebody reaches out for help. You know, it's such a simple way to draw people out. And, um, you know, sometimes I think that we are afraid to be friends enough to because we don't want to get involved in somebody else's issues but uh, I guess it takes just as much courage to be a good friend as it does to do anything else that's a great statement James it takes great courage to be a friend it does because you know the one thing that a lot of us will have experienced as well is when you're a really good friend people are inclined to abuse with that friendship because you know we hurt those we love the most so once you understand that you know don't take it so personally it's okay if they you know get a bit angry or whatever whatever don't take it so personally just take it that they're having a bad time and you know hopefully if you're ever having a bad time they can listen to you too excellent well we're going to take another short break and when we come back 
I'll tell everyone how you can uh, see Derek in person. He's got a lot of things going on and coming up in uh, the United States. And also he has other things that people will want to take advantage of. Uh, so we, this is Get Real Radio. I'm your host, James Robinson, with our guest, Derek O'Neill. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Ready to chat about your favorite soap operas? The daytime discussion is here with Dan J. Kroll and Soap Central Live. For the past 15 years, Dan has been dishing and discussing on SoapCentral.com. And now he's taking the talk to the airwaves of the Voice America Variety Channel. You'll go behind the scenes with the biggest stars of daytime, along with guest commentary from the Soap Central columnists. And we'll take your questions and comments during our live show. Soap Central Live, every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. are listening to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. We'd love to hear from you. Please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. That's mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to Get Real Radio. I'm your host, James Robinson, and we have the very popular Derek O'Neill with us today, and we're talking about a very serious subject, uh, suicide. And Derek, in the first two segments, has given us some really, really great tips about how to spot somebody that may be uh, contemplating suicide and and what to do about that. I want to shift gears a little bit right now because... You know, I not only is is um, Derek a great friend of mine. He's also been a mentor and a teacher for me. And I I know most of what I know about life um, from him, and or at least how to deal with life. And so I want to give everybody an opportunity to understand what it is that Derek does for people. And 
there, there are two ways that basically uh, people, as I know, that can, or actually there are three ways that you can take advantage of Derek. And one is through his books. And we mentioned those before, Calm Mama, Happy Baby, More Truth Will Set You Free, and the Get a Grip series, which is uh, a series of short but very, very uh, profound books about everything that you might be interested in. And so you can you can go on to Amazon. You can buy it from Kindle. Uh, they're readily available on his website, DerekO'Neill.com. And but I, I'm very excited about a tour coming up that Derek is is going to be doing in the first part of November. Uh, the, it, he'll be in Phoenix on November 1st. He'll be Los, in Los Angeles on November 2nd, New York City November 8th, and Boston November 9th. And uh, the title of these uh, workshops is called Walking with Empowerment. And so, Derek, could you tell us a little bit about what you're going to be doing in these workshops? Um, Yes, thanks again, James. Um, Well, these workshops are are what we call very open and we go with the flow, but generally the topic is about it's time that people began to understand that, you know, you're in control of your own life. Uh, Every step you take is going to create the next step. And so walking with empowerment means really genuinely um, looking at very simple aspects that you're unhappy with and begin to chunk off or to change aspects of your life so that you can live the life that you always wanted to live. So to walk with empowerment is to come to that final understanding that, you know, it's not possible for... um, me to change a single thought in any other being's head and yet I can change my whole world by putting a single thought into my own head. And so I want to be able to control what thoughts go into my head. I want to be able to control what uh, company I keep. I want to be able to control what media I listen to or, or look at or whatever. And I want to be able to know, you know, what type of uh, books I want to read. Now, I use the word control quite flippantly because what you'll find is there are certain things in life you cannot control and there are things you can control. And the time to walk in empowerment is look at the things you can control and make the changes there. In other words, you know, when when the plane has taken off and you go to the ticket desk and they go, the plane has taken off, you know, it's not really worth your while screaming, shouting and roaring at that stage because the plane's already gone, okay? So actually what you'd be far more productive doing at that stage is saying, okay, um, where do we go from here? Uh, you know, how can... How- help this situation to get me to where I want to go? What next steps do I need to take? And the response that you will get from the person behind the counter is going to be much more positive. It's going to be much more empowered and you're going to get a much better result. So in these workshops, what I do is I will do live demonstrations with volunteers uh, how to change the way something happens in your life. Like say, for instance, if you 
ever find yourself in a situation where you're attracting bad relationships into your life? Well, then I'll show you why you're attracting them into your life. I will show you how important, you know, you know we, we call it satsang or company or whatever it is. And so uh, I'll show you how your thoughts are creating all those things. And one of the things quite uniquely that I'm going to do at these set of workshops that I've never did before is what we call or mantra repetition. Now, for all the listeners out there who think, oh, he's talking about yoga, he's talking about Hinduism or whatever, let me remind you that in every religion there is prayers. And these prayers, another word for those prayers are mantras. And, you know, in, in my own uh, Catholic religion that I was brought up in, I remember many a Saturday being dragged off to church uh, while people, decades of the rosary, uh, you know, invoking Our Lady, Jesus, or whatever. Well, when I say mala, I'm talking about the same thing. It's a set of beads. And what happens is this. When you want to control your thoughts, if you just run one of these beads at a time over your finger, and it becomes what we call a physical anchor, you can say stuff to yourself like, I am feeling better every day in every single way. I am every day in every single way. I am feeling better every single day in every single way. I am feeling better every single day in every single way. And if you just keep repeating that simple mantra, your mind will begin to deliver what it is you're telling it. And you will begin to feel better every day in every single way. And so there is a way of doing this. There is, is what's called um, a, a functionality to it. And that's what I want to teach at the as well as a very, very powerful tool. Instead of sitting at an airport worrying about emails and whatever, whatever, wouldn't it be better just to have a, a one of these beads rolling over your finger going, I am sitting here calm and relaxed? Well, I, I for one can say that that probably would pass the time a lot better than how I usually do it. But um, <laughs> and, and I would... Uh, you know, I'm very excited about going to these workshops and highly recommend them to everybody because I've been to many of Derek's workshops and they are always, always very profound and transformational. We have a caller from New York and I think it's Lois. Lois, are you on the line? Hello. I am. Have you got a question for Derek? Hi, James. Yes, I'm calling from a wonderful SQ gathering here in New York. Um, the question I thought of was um, when people seem to have genetic tendency or based on their environment or their ancestry of having depression or some kind of, I guess, genetics I would call. How, how could you help people in that situation where it seems to run in families or... Um, okay, that's a, that's a really a real question, and you know, uh, one of the things I would say is, of course, you know, our our environment is creating our reality, and you know, whether whether this would be something as serious as as suicide or as something like a phobia, a phobia can actually be passed on from a mother to a child. So, in other words, if the mother has tendencies to scream every time she sees a spider, there's a good chance the child will grow up with a fear of spiders. Now, is that 
genetic or is that passed on uh, that's the big question. Now, genetically, I'm, I, I, I'm not a scientist and I'm not a doctor, so I don't really know. But my observations tell me that, you know, the, the belief that could be in, say, my family, my, my family alone, the belief is that none of us will get past the age of 63. And that belief is coming from genetics because nobody in my family, mother, father, brothers, sisters have ever made it past that age so in other words i know that by 63 i'll be dead well at 64 i hope james uh, invites me onto his radio show to say i think i broke that genetic pattern because i believe that our belief plays a much stronger uh, play in that than our genetics ever will well i I will definitely ask you on the show for your 64th birthday, Derek. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Lois, did you have anything else for Derek? No, that's wonderful. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you Thank very you, much Lois, for calling call. Thank you. Um, when we've got a couple, just a couple of minutes, but I did want to ask you about something you call the sword and brush technique, which is rather unique and uh, ask you if you could explain that for people who are contemplating going to one of your workshops. Okay, well, it, it comes from the 35 years of studying martial arts, and the sword represents an intuitive moment that because I had learned to meditate, I'd learned to be quiet, I learned to see somebody move towards me with a punch or a kick well before they had the thought to do it, uh, I, I learned this, what I call this moment of the sword. So I bring that into the healing setting or the therapy setting. So as soon as a moment comes when somebody says something or does something or whatever, we just cut something away that's no longer useful in their life. And then I empower that person by giving them a brush. And that brush represents, if you like, them painting the new picture of the new life that they want to live. And they become so empowered that way that they don't have to keep coming, you know, to a, to a therapist again and again and again. Because that brush becomes that every time they want to change something in their life, they just paint it into their picture. So that's the, the simplest way of explaining the sword and the brush. Well, I have been the recipient of that and can uh, certainly tell people that uh, if you want to improve your life, you definitely want to experience that. Um, there's a couple other things that uh, I'd like to mention before we uh, leave, and that is Derek has a week-long workshop in June in Dublin, Ireland, and you can go to his workshop uh, I mean, his website, DerekO'Neill.com, and it's uh, D-E-R-E-K-O-N-I-E-L-L, I'm sorry, N-E-I-L-L.com, and it will have all the explanation of the tour, it will have an explanation of these uh, initiations that he'll be giving uh, in the tour, it'll have information around the June workshop, and other ways that we you can get help from Derek. Uh, and I don't want to remind everybody to, the suggestions Derek has given today will make a profound effect on, on our society. One being the hope, help one person every day, uh, to smile, to be a friend, to reach out, uh, to communicate, touch, and uh, 
they uh, help people uh, understand that they're not alone on this planet. And um, are there any more Get a Grip books coming out? Well, believe it or not, the one that has just come out uh, this week is the one on suicide. So uh, everything I've been talking about is now in that little gem of a book, uh, To Get a Grip, Suicide. Well, I will get on Kindle right away and get a copy of it. Uh, Unfortunately, we have run out of time. And the time flies when you're talking to uh, somebody as funny and uh, helpful as Derek. And I really want to thank you, Derek, for being on our show and hope that you'll come again. But I I do want to tell everybody, please go to his website, DerekO'Neill.com, and it will change your life. This is Get Real Radio, and my name is James Robinson, and we've been talking with Derek O'Neill. Everybody have a wonderful day. Thank you again for tuning in to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. Please join us again next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This week... Open up your heart and look inside your spiritual self.